Welcome to the Flourish Podcast. I'm your host, Morgan Suck. I'm so glad you're joining me today. On this podcast, you're going to hear messages that will challenge you to live out the purpose that God has created for you. I will always tell you, you were created on purpose, for a purpose, to impact the kingdom. And that's exactly what you will hear today. So um, we're going to sit and chat for a few. Uh, I have a few topics that I brought to the girls. I emailed them. And we're just going to share a few things that are in our heart and things that I think will um, speak to each one of us in different ways. Um, so I'm excited for the girls to share in their hearts. So Lindsay and I have known each other since, I don't know, like first or second grade for a very long time. We were college roommates. Yes. <laughs> and then um, Lauren and I have known each other since like high school, early high school, middle school, maybe? I think middle school. Yeah. Oh, sorry, my We've known each other. is talking. <laughs> Um, yeah, since middle yeah. school. I think eighth grade we cheered yeah. together. Yeah, we've yeah. known each other a while. And then Jerrica and I have known each other since our kids were in like maybe kindergarten-ish. I don't know. Yeah, it's a blur. Um, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Raising kids, it's it. So we've known each other a while. Um, but Jerrica here, so you all write those sweet notes to our friends who are incarcerated. And Jerrica is our sweet friend who delivers the notes to them. So I asked Jerrica to share a most recent testimony or something that's on her heart regarding the impact your notes have. First of all, just thank you. Um, you were like the first group that started writing notes um, when it was just kind of a seed of an idea that the Holy Spirit gave me and you've been writing them since. And so just thank you so much. I wish I, I can't take a phone in there, obviously, but I wish I could show you just a video of what it looks like when I pass out the notes and they all open them and without fail the Lord gets the right note to the person that needs it and I'm going back in in person now and uh, so I'm able to pass the notes out uh, again and just last Saturday when I was there um, some of you or one of you I'm not sure you write uh, some notes in Spanish and so I took uh, one of those for one of the ladies who Spanish is her first language and um, she just teared up immediately and said that what was in that note confirmed something specifically she had been praying about and so thank you so much um, the Lord is opening doors with the notes and I actually have a chaplain at a maximum security prison in Gatesville, Gatesville who wants me to keep her stocked with notes for her office so as women come in she can give them a handwritten note um, for for the people that are that are struggling and so I again you guys have been there from the beginning and so thank you and the Lord is blessing that and opening up doors to get more encouragement more um, just an extension of his heart that he sees them he knows them and he cares uh, to more incarcerated women thank you um, so I, I wanted her, I was so glad that she was going to be here tonight to share, because I know you've heard me talk about that your notes matter, um, but she gets to see firsthand the impact that they make on um, the lives of ladies who just need a little bit of light and a little bit of hope. And I always say this, that, you know, not all of us can go into the jail or the prison, but we can be an extension of that ministry and we can make, we can make a difference that way. So thank you all for writing your notes. They do make a difference. Yeah. Um, so thank you, Jerrica, for sharing that. Thank you. Um, so the, one of the things that I, um, I'm sorry, I got like teary-eyed as she was talking. 
I try not to cry. I'm sort of an emotional person, though. I know, I need Kleenex. Um, one of the things I, I wanted the girls to share about, and the reason I have, the, we're all very different and very similar in, you know, different ways. We come from different backgrounds, came through church in different ways, or, you know, came to, we all have our own walk. Um, oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, but one of the things that is really, really important to me in our walk of faith is learning to deal with our pasts. And I thought, you know, this is a 90s theme, and we're kind of blast to the past type of thing. And um, I, I talk about this some, but I think all the topics that we're going to talk about tonight will deal with this. There's not, a met, there's not like a formula for all the things we're going to talk about. And I think that as believers, we want to, if we do this and we do this and we do this, then this happens. And it's not all that, always that way because we see that if we just fast and pray, then this happens. And sometimes it just doesn't happen the way we think it should, right? And God's always moving and working. But I wanted us to share, I want different people to share different ways that God's moved in their life so that you, maybe you find it more, your situation more similar to one of theirs or that, that sort of thing. And, you know, many of you know, and I've shared pretty fairly openly from um, standing up here that, you know, I dealt with fear and anxiety. And it was stemmed from a very tragic accident when I was a young kid. And that, you know, the enemy used that against me to try to take me out. And essentially he, he tried to convince me that I, my life was not worth living anymore. And thank you, thank Jesus for his redemption and his restoration that brought, brought me out, his strong arm that brought me out of that pit that I was in. Um, but the method in which God took me on and the journey he took me on to freedom is different than their journey. And, um, and so I wanted them to sort of share, you know, maybe a little bit about maybe their past and how they, things that in their past that maybe um, held them back from living up to the full potential God's given them. And how did you find freedom and uh, freedom in that, and from those things. Yeah. Who wants to start? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we all just stared at Jerrica. Well, it must be the fanny pack. It's, it says favor on it, apparently. Um, okay, yes, I will, I will go. Um, there's so much I could say. Um, you know, the Bible tells us that we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works that were pre prepared for us in advance. That's who we are. We're handiwork. Mm -hmm. yeah. before, he, before he formed us, he knew us, and he put us in someone's womb. It really doesn't matter whose womb. Some people, it worked out great. Other people, you're kind of like, eh. Um, <laughs> you know, just being real here. But he, he, he forms us, and he, and he knows us, and he approves of us before we're ever born, right? Yeah. And so the enemy is going to have um, schemes and tactics and flaming darts yeah. that he sends our way to hijack that narrative that we are his handiwork right. created from Christ Jesus for good works. Yeah. And so for me, um, other than just... Um, you know, my, my old man, my, my fleshly nature, the biggest flaming arrow that came at me was when I was um, a child and that was sexual abuse. And then not being um, protected, you know, and believed. And so that happened for several years. I mean, that really shaped my childhood. And so that, um, 
influenced uh, to a high degree what I believed about God, myself, the world around me. I mean, it, it, it really messed with me. And I thought that I could um, outrun God, outrun my past, pretend like I just thought I got away to college, so I got away from this situation. And I thought, okay, I'll just pretend like the first almost 20 years of my life never happened. That doesn't work. I don't know if any of you know. (laughs) That doesn't work. Um, And I just didn't know anything about trauma or PTSD or anything like that. I had no idea. I thought, I'll just move on, Uh, you know, kind of close that book, put it in a box, lock it, throw it with key. And the stresses and pressures of life just started adding up. And I could, my coping mechanisms were growing and becoming too costly. And I really came to a crossroads at the end of 2014 where I was about to lose my marriage. Probably my relationship with my kids was going to drastically change. And, um, but I didn't, know, I didn't know what to do. And um, that's where the Lord met me and revealed himself to me in a very powerful and obvious way. I knew it was him. I knew that he had been there all along and he wasn't okay with what happened to me and that he was going to start to walk me out of that out of the ruins and the chaos that in my mind i was thinking i wouldn't even know where to start and he said you don't it's okay i do and he made it clear it was it was forgiveness it was letting his forgiveness just wash over me um not that any of that was my fault but certainly my response my decision making was way off um and so uh, he met me there, and, and I just began this process of surrendering everything to him, the hardest and darkest parts of my life, not knowing. I was terrified of walking in the light. Um, but when I encountered him, that didn't matter anymore. I was, I was with him. And so that next year um, looked a lot like me and the Word and just the Holy Spirit um, bringing things to life and letting God introduce himself to me. Um, for how he reveals himself, not for how other people had represented him. Mm. And then uh, counseling, I went to 27 straight weeks with a Christian counselor. I kind of made like heart healing. All the things in Isaiah 61, that became God's uh, agenda for me. That was my full-time job. And he Isaiah 61'd me. And it was, Isaiah 61 is a verb. I don't know if you knew that or not, but it's a verb. And, um, and so 2015, a good part of 2016, were really devoted to him rescuing me. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think one of the things that you said, you know, he, he, met you, he met you there, which I find is really, really key into finding healing and freedom from our past. Um, but you said you, you had all these thoughts and you couldn't make sense of all of them, but he told you that that's okay because he understood them all. And I think in our carnal minds, we want so bad to understand everything and reconcile things, but we can't, but he is the God who can reconcile things and make things right. He is just. And so when we can surrender those things, we do find peace there so that we can find freedom. I think that's so good. Yeah, Psalm 73 would mm-hmm. be a good chapter to look at where, yeah. you know, the psalmist is like, I look at these things and none of it makes sense. And then I enter the sanctuary. I, I take all of those thoughts into his presence. Mm-hmm. And then he, I think the Passion Translation says, um, 
he changes my distortive perspective. Yeah. And that's what he did for me. Yeah, I've, I would encourage you. It's like Psalm 73, Brad knows that's one of the scriptures that I, like, go by. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Take note of that one. And if you're struggling with that, yeah, Psalm 73 is a, is a really good one to note. Lauren, you want to speak to? Okay, so something that you said, um, this is not what I planned to talk about, <laughs> but something that you said, you were saying how God knew us before we were knit in the womb. And it also reminds me of the life of Jesus and how there's a scripture that we all know and we all love, but sometimes we don't know the exact placement of when it was said in, um, over Jesus. So Jesus lives his whole life pretty much in an anonymous season where nobody can see him, studying, we don't know much about his life. And he comes out before he ever does his first work, before he does his first miracle, before he did anything, that's when um, God spoke over him, you are my son with whom I am well pleased. And I just think that's such a beautiful picture of how God loves us. It's not because of what we do or what we've done or anything like that. He loved Jesus before he ever did anything, before he ever was working for him and you know saving people and all the miraculous things he did. He said before that, you are my daughter with whom I am well pleased. Um, and so when you're talking, I just got reminded of that. <laughs> And something else that really helped me um, kind of just dealing like with your past and then, you know, when you are become a Christian, you are made new, completely new. And um, Lisa Bevere one time said something that really just stuck with me. And she was talking about how the enemy wants to remind you who you were. Mm -hmm. And God wants to remind you who you're going to become. Right. And if the enemy can keep you in this loop mm -hmm. of going back to your past, he can keep you in this dark, sad place. But Jesus has for you your eyes forward on the cross and on him. And when you have your eyes on him, you will walk into your calling. You will walk in redemption and restoration into what God has for you and into what he has for the rest of your life. Yeah. So a lot of times the enemy, he's after who you're going to become. So you have to reconcile the past and walk in the freedom, knowing that Jesus died on the cross for everything that was in the past. Yeah. Every last one of us in this room, what we deserve is hell. But because Jesus came, died on that cross, we can live in complete and total freedom. There is nothing too dark. There is nothing too dirty. There is nothing in your past that Jesus doesn't know and doesn't forgive you for. You are made new, and you are a completely new creation. And so we just have to refocus that shift on from the past to the future. And that's just really what God had on my heart to share with you guys about the past. Yeah, I think it's so important that we remember that the enemy does want to keep us back there. And then when we start yeah. to move forward, he, he likes to put that lie out there that, well, you, you're not totally, re like, t totally yeah. redeemed. There's still mm -hmm. this, well, you've been forgiven, but you'll never quite get somewhere because you have this certain past, and that's just not true because yeah. that God doesn't partially redeem something. Jesus didn't die for partial redemption. He didn't yeah. die for you to be set free from some things and not mm -hmm. all things. And um, he didn't die so that you still have to deal with anxiety every day of, of, of your life. Like yeah. He died so we can be completely free from mm -hmm. everything. And, and so when we're feeling like we're being held back by something, we know that the enemy's toying with us there yeah. and that that that's where God wants to re set us free from if we recognize it so we can move forward. Lindsay, you want to speak to freedom? 
Actually, yes, while you were talking, I was thinking about just how the enemy does kind of sneak those things into your mind going, am I really healed? Am I really free? Yeah. And Morgan and I were talking about this one day. I um, had, had foot surgery, and it was really weird. They fixed my foot, but for like a year afterwards, every time I would get up at night, I would like walk like this. Like I didn't want to hit the bed, and I was kind of like nursing it. I didn't want to get hurt because I remember that pain, and it hurt so bad that I was like, and one night I was like, why am I doing this? this is, like, I had surgery. I don't have to walk like this anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's really crazy. The Lord in my spirit was like, yeah, there's wounds in your life that you dealt with too. Like phantom wounds that, you, that I've allowed the Lord to heal, but then I still kind of protect mm-hmm. myself from them. Mm-hmm. Or maybe my mind will go back to a thought the enemy will bring to me. And, I'll, and instead of going, you know what, that's a lie. That's not true. I'll kind of agree with the thought and I'll go there in my mind and I'll reminisce or I'll have regret or I'll have shame or I'll have anxiety or fear. And something that the Lord spoke over my heart was just um, Philippians when he talked about, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, prayer and supplication, submit your request to the Lord. But the next part of that is like, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, think on these things. And so when the enemy tries to bring those things in your life and say, you're not really free from that because that, because that person triggered you there and that song made you think of something or that situation made you feel like somebody was going to leave you and reject you. And it's such a lie. And if we can take that moment and make a choice to go, you know, I'm going to agree with what God says right here. I'm going to agree that I am healed. And sometimes just speaking it and speaking the truth, even out loud and just denying what the lie is, there's something so powerful about that. Because that's all Satan can do is just lie to you, you know? And so just walking in truth and really agreeing with what, and knowing what the word says, knowing that the past is the past and that God died and Jesus died for you, for your past, your future, your present, all of it. And so continuing to believe the lies and continuing to walk in it is just like negating what he did for us, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, we, I, she was talking, I, I think about that shirt that a lot of people wear. It says, not today, Satan, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we wear that shirt or say that so boldly. But when push comes to shove and he really is firing away with that lie, are we really that bold? Do we really say, not today? And because sometimes, like she said out loud, we have to proclaim, absolutely not today, because I'm going to think on what is true and right and lovely, because Christ died for whatever happened in my past. And whether it was our fault or not, he still is good to cover, because his grace and mercy is there, and his healing is there. And we have to we have the authority, like we have the authority to say, not today, Satan, you're not going to toy with my mind and I'm going to walk in the freedom that he has offered me. Um, and I think that as we, as you, you know, we're kind of going through this topic of freedom, you know, kind of quickly, but it is a topic that I'm passionate about because as we grow old, as we, as we get older and then we walk in our faith, God wants to dig deep. Like he doesn't want any root of our past that is holding us back in there. And sometimes that means opening wounds that we thought were closed and healed. But sometimes he's like, no, we got to get in there a little bit deeper. And don't be afraid to let him dig in there. If we bring to him, that's a safe place to bring that to him and let him meet you there and speak to that situation and speak to that moment when the enemy brings that moment back up or that shame back up or that sin or whatever it was when he brings it back up you're like oh not today satan i'm taking that to the cross and we're going to let him speak and we're going to let him heal that moment Mm -hmm. and so when we but because when we walk in real freedom and real um deliverance then we can be everything that god's called us called us to be
Can I say something on yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Just on freedom. The story of Lazarus, um, to me, I think is a really great just illustration of, of what true freedom looks like. So Lazarus is in the tomb, and Jesus says, Lazarus, come forth. So he's alive, right? But he's still in the cave. But he's alive, right? Mm -hmm. But then what was the next step? Like he had to actually walk out of the cave, which would have been a dark, you know, hidden place. He actually had to come out. And then it didn't even stop there. Jesus tells the people that are around, unbind him and let him go. So there's even another level of freedom. Like just being alive wasn't enough. Just being outside of of the grave, of the tomb wasn't enough. He also had to be totally unbound. Because how are we going to be the hands and feet of Jesus if our hands and feet are bound? And so think about that, like, where am I at in my freedom? Am I just alive? Has he brought you back to life, but you're just kind of settling for that? Is he asking you to step into the light, like 1 John 1, 7, I believe, talks about, which takes great courage. Um, And then you've walked in the light, and then there's some things that maybe you're still binding you, still kind of holding you back from uh, walking in the works that were created for you. So just, I love that and how he kind of gives us things to think about of where we're at in that freedom process. And I love how Jesus doesn't stop until his definition of freedom happens. Yeah, and and I'm, like if you don't know where you're at in that freedom process, all you have to do is ask. And the Holy Spirit is good to, to reveal to you where you're at. He if you're curious, like, is there something that I need to deal with in my past? He'll bring to your memory. Um, that's not you. You don't bring those things up. I wouldn't want to bring some of those things up, but he brings those up so that he can bring healing to them. And so don't ignore those, those things that he wants to bring forward into the light and bring healing to. So um, the other thing I really wanted to talk about tonight was... Um, changing of season. So as you go through a freedom process and you grow deeper in your faith and you, God's going to ask you to do some things. He's going to ask you to take steps of faith and, and he's going to call you from one season to the next. And, um, sometimes those seasons are uncomfortable and seasons are about timing. And, um, sometimes we think, this season should happen right this second. And God's like, oh, wait just a minute. And then there's other times that he's like, it's now when you're like, oh, dear God, hold on. I'm not ready for this. Mm-hmm. And the biggest key, I think, is we long to know that we're doing the right thing, right? When God, we feel like God's nudging us to take this step of faith and to like season the changes coming. Like right now we're experiencing, we're switching from summer to fall and we're anticipating what's going to happen in the fall. We can, we can feel the seasons start to change. But I think that we all desire to know that this confirmation from the Holy Spirit that we are doing the right thing because none of us want to be outside of God's will. We want to know that we're doing what he's asked us to do. And I've spoke several times about as seasons have changed, God speaks to me a lot in dreams and he confirms things through dreams to me. Um, But God, I mean, God, I encourage you, like, if you've never had a God dream, like, I, ask, I pray, and I'd be happy to pray for you, pray and ask Holy Spirit to speak to you in dreams and visions of the night, because it's quite amazing. But God confirms different things in our lives in different ways. And so I wanted, you know, we've all gone through different seasons of life and changes, and God's asked us to take different kinds of leaps of faith. And so I wanted you to sort of speak to, because I know each one of us probably have different things that we're dealing with and leaps of faith that God, things that God may be wanting us to do 
or steps we need to take in our, in our walk. And so we're probably seeking confirmation. So I wanted them to speak to seasons changing and how God speaks confirmation. Because again, there's no, I don't think there's a formula to it. It's about hearing God's voice. And so I wanted them to sort of speak to that and give some encouragement there. Yeah, okay, so I'll go first. <laughs> okay, so I lived um, a lot of my past in, I'm a three. On the Enneagram, if you know what that is, it's like the achiever, the doer, the, you know, I would set these big goals and I'd want to get to them. And, you know, I was a tech cheerleader and then I, you know, moved into the fashion industry and I had this really cool career in the fashion industry. and. I'll never forget um, being at New York Fashion Week as a stylist and standing on those front steps, and I just had my son Eli, he was probably like six months old, and standing there and just thinking, wow, like, this is supposed to be the moment where you go, I, I made it, I did it. And instead going, God, this isn't what you have for me. And I walked away from all of it. And on paper, it didn't look like it was gonna make any sense at all. But what God had called me to was motherhood. And motherhood is such a quiet season. He called me literally into an almost anonymous place. I moved to a new city. Nobody knew who I was or cared, you know. So I just moved into this quiet, quiet place with him. And I sat at the feet of Jesus for six and a half years. It was just he and I. And the things that he did in that quiet season, walking away from what should have looked, what looked like was the dream, and walking into this new season of just quiet, anonymous, sitting at his feet was probably the biggest blessing of my entire life. And just taking that obedience to say, world, you can't have me, but Jesus, you can. And I will go with you wherever it is that you calls me to. And he called me to steward my children at home. And when I think about what all he's gonna do through those kids because of my obedience is just, amazing to me and that he would let me steward three little lives that could quite possibly change the nations forever so i just know that was a really cool change of seasons for me and then just recently probably in the last year he called me out of that season and i was a little bit bummed i'm not gonna lie i'm like wait jesus hold on i like it here it's safe it's just me and you i it's you know predictable this is good this is my this i like this season i'm really comfortable here and he's like no but now it's your time you gotta go and so walking out of that season i might have you know kicked and screamed a little but you know he does he calls us to teach and speak and these things that maybe I don't feel like I'm equipped for or you know there's so many people that are so much better at it than I am but I'm gonna be obedient even if I'm like Moses and I need an Aaron to hold my hands up because I feel like I can't do it I'm willing to be obedient and just let the Holy Spirit do whatever he wants to do and I'll just be the vessel so those are kind of my two changes of season um, so yeah <laughs> Well, I think I've shared my story a little bit before, but I was a teacher before and I really wanted to be a stay-home mom. That was just a, my harsh dream. It sounds silly, but that's really just what I wanted. And um, I remember praying at a conference and I'm like, Lord, I just, this is my desire of my heart. And like, I'm giving it to you. This is my only desire. And I prayed for years and years. And after about five years, I'd had my babies and I one day was driving the car and I was like, Lord, something came over me. I don't know why I'm going to cry, but I just remember the moment so specifically going, God, if this is my lot, this is not a bad lot. 
I get to go to school and I get to be with my kids when I come home and I get to be with other people's kids and I loved it. I loved them. I just had this desire to be, I don't know, with my, with my own kids at home. And I remember just surrendering it to him and going, if this is what you have for me, though, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it well. And I'm going to believe that your best is for me no matter what. And I'm going to trust you. And it was like two weeks later, my husband, he had started his own business. And so I knew, like I was laying down that dream of ever doing that because we needed a paycheck. We needed two paychecks, you know. And um, one day he came to me and he was like, I prayed and God told me to let you quit your job. And I was like, what? No, 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 no. We have no money. You're starting a new business. And we had planned for him to start, but it was not a good time. But it was like, no, I, we are, and for my husband to say that, it was like, well, you must have really prayed about it because he's a black and white pen and paper kind of guy. And it did not make sense. But I was, it was two weeks before school started and I said, okay. And so I told him and I ended up staying home and the season looked really different. I, I loved being with my kids, but I also got to help him. And God has taught me so much in the mundane, like in the little things and then in the uh, moments where you don't always get thank yous and you're not always seen, like you said, the hidden places. Um, and also just about serving and, and serving because that's what God calls us to do. And sometimes it's sitting up here or sitting in a class or Sunday school or whatever it is, but sometimes it's in your home and it's just being, showing your kids and your husband who God is. And, and letting them really catch that and so just teaching it and my last one just went to school this last week and so my season is changing um, and I am now a um, pool builder with my husband <laughs> it's very strange I it was not my dream but actually I'm so excited to do it. I get to help him every day and I we have just become such a good team and if you had told me 10 years ago that that's what we'd be doing I would have said oh you are so wrong because I just would have thought we wouldn't have made it. But um, God is so good. And through that, he's also opening doors to be able to do things at my church and do things with women that I wanted to do. And so I don't actually know what this season is going to look like. But I do know because I can look back at those moments in my life, those monuments where God said, hey, build something here and look back at it. Because you, you saw me be faithful right here. So watch what I do here. And um, so I would just encourage you, if you are in a season where you don't know, like maybe you're in a season where I don't even know what's happening right now. I just know that there's a lot going on. My job has changed or the world is changing and nothing feels secure. God is the same today as he was yesterday and as he is forever. So I would just trust him and, and ask him, God, just day by day, show me what to do. And he will do that. That was on purpose, wasn't it? No. Um, I'm so glad I came. I'm already, I, I, I need to be writing some stuff down. Um, so, gosh, I guess one of the things that I'm thinking about right now that I think the Lord wants me to share is just, you know, the world has, you know, society, culture, where we live, everybody has all kinds of opinions about what season we should be in and what our season should look like and what should be next. And um, for me, it just hasn't, <laughs> that has not been the case. And um, I was just thinking about Ruth and how she was all of a sudden in a season of grief. And she, you know, that wouldn't have been something that she planned, um, losing her husband when she did. And then on top of that, that next season wasn't 
you know, go home to, you know, her family's house and grieve and then try to start over, God called her to leave everything that was familiar. So it was one hard season to the next hard season. And she was by herself when she, when she made that uh, decision. She wasn't at first, and then Orpah decided to turn back. And I think that's when I definitely would have decided, yeah, okay, if you're out, I'm out. But she kept going, and she honored the season that she was supposed to be in as hard as it was. And even though it was on the heels of another hard season. So she's grieving, and then she's on like a 70-mile walk with her angry mother-in-law. And so I'm just like, <laughs> what in the world? But it was all unto something something that she would have missed out on if she wouldn't have accepted even the difficult seasons um, that she was in. And then, you know, she gets to, to, to Bethlehem, to Israel, and, and then she has to work so hard every day, all day, just to feed herself and her bitter mother-in-law. <laughs> and so, um, just tough stuff, right? But then, um, the season that God really had for her was after that, okay? But there were some hard choices for her to make, and I just relate a lot to that because it seems like um, since God rescued me and I started following him, um, it's looked a lot like that for me. There haven't, I haven't had a lot of buddies going with me into each season. It's not that no one else has done it. It's just that the people around me aren't called to do it at the same time as me. <laughs> and that's hard for us as women. Because it's like, oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Let's go to the bathroom together, you know, like. And so um, I think the Lord is just wanting you to know that you can do it. And it's totally, it's actually very normal if he's asking you to do something in this season that he isn't asking other people around you to do because we're all in a different place and we're all on our own journey and it's okay. You know, when I went to counseling, I didn't have anyone that also was going to counseling for the things I was going to counseling for. And so then just being willing to walk through those doors and that, those next doors for me, um, you know, just mentors would recommend something or the Holy Spirit would prompt something. And it was just like walking through the next door. I never knew if that door was going to be a new season or if it was just going to be a door. Right. But it was just one door at a time. And had I have done what maybe the world um, or culture, even some Christian culture would have told me to do, I can tell you right now I would have never ended up in jail ministry, in prison ministry, um, I would have, I would have taken a, a completely different route. And so I'm just so, I'm so grateful for the way that he's led me and um, just the peace that he's given me to follow him. Um, now, now, granted, I didn't have any friends at first, so I didn't really have the option of doing it with a friend. <laughs> but, but that's, that's kind of what I would share. I think that, you know, we are, like she's like they all said, we're going to experience these changes and these seasons of life, and some of them are going to be hard seasons, and it's going to be hard to leave one season and maybe even anticipate going into another hard season. But I think one of the keys in this is surrender what we think should be happening, and then obedience, yeah. being able to say, no matter what, I'm going to obey. And um, it's hard, I get it. I don't say these things not knowing that there's, not, there's money on the line, yeah. right? Yeah. 
like income, a lot of times season changes are, is income. Like they experience these, like where you worked and God's like, just kidding, move you out of that. There's money on the line. There's, there's relationships on the line. There's things that we sometimes have to give up or surrender in order to be obedient. So I'm not, they're not naive to think that there's some very real things that we're like, oh, that does not look right. But I encourage you to um, readjust your definition of success because society wants to tell us success is in our home and our in in how well our kids perform in sports and how much money we make. But true success is doing what God's called you to do. Period. That's what success. Because at the end of the day, when we stand before Him, He's going to say, "Did you do what I asked you to do?" I know the season was hard, and I know this decision was hard, but did you do what I asked you to do? And we're going to be held responsibility for the calling that's been placed in our lives. John Brevere has this really great book called Driven by Eternity, and if you've never read it, I encourage you to do so. It's an incredible, audible book because there's character voices that are amazing. But he really hits home on this idea that you've been created to do something, and you're going to be held responsible for that thing that you've been created to do. And those things that we've been created to do sometimes take us from one season to the next, and they take, require steps of faith and obedient acts. And um, that does mean we are going to have to give some things up. When God called me out of, I'll just tell you, my, my plan A, my life was to be the CEO of a Fortune 500 company, period. Okay? That was plan A, and God was like, just kidding. That's not plan, that's not my plan A, and I gave that up and over time he took things away i was like fine i'll settle for you know working for a pr firm in downtown dallas and then i got pregnant and she took my phone call and i cried for two hours because god had royally messed up my plan right but there were these acts of obedience that were, that were required and i had to give up the things that i thought success success looked like and put them and put that in obedience to what he's called us to do so i don't know what seasons of life you're in. And I don't know what difficult season, I'm so glad you brought up Ruth and that difficult season because some seasons are very, very difficult. They're not, they're not always easy, but God is with us and he's there to sustain us as we remain obedient to what he's called us to, called us to do. Because, yeah, go for it. So when you're talking about Ruth, I was thinking, my aunt always says handfuls on purpose. And if you remember, like you said, she was taking care of her mother-in-law and Boaz saw them taking grain from the from the field and he told his workers he said hey leave some on purpose for them leave some on purpose and you know God will do that for you if you are in a season of need sometimes it is a grind but if you look around and you look for those handfuls on purpose in your life God is constantly giving us handfuls on purpose. Sometimes it doesn't feel like it's an overflow, but it's just those little things that get you through the day. And um, so look for the handfuls on purpose if you're in a season of your life right now. Yeah. And if you miss it, um, there's grace and mercy for that. Um, Jesus knew his disciples were not only gonna miss it, but just like keep refusing to believe the season that he said was coming up. It's like, listen, I'm going, I'm, going to die. I'm going, I'm going to suffer. I'm going to be, and they're just like, no, no, no. And he, so he says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to the cross. You guys are going to be scattered. But then he, after that, he doesn't say, you know, and good luck because you abandoned me. He said, but I'm going to meet you in Galilee. I mean, who does that? Who knows that people are going to refuse to accept the season that he's, he continually is trying to warn them. Like, this is what's going to happen. And they're like, no. 
And, he, and then he says, but it's okay, you're gonna scatter, you're gonna reject me, you're gonna abandon me and pretend like you never knew me out of fear and self-protection, don't worry, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna meet you there. Yeah. So it's okay, like there's grace if, you know, don't put all this pressure on yourself. Yeah. He's still gonna meet you at some point. Yeah. That's so good, I think night and we're like very um we anxiety ridden and fear ridden when we just need to let grace and mercy cover the decision we should have done that differently and we should have been a little more trusting here like we let grace and mercy cover those things and um you know if we talked about a couple things tonight but i want you to know that like she talked about with um lazarus coming out there were people there to help unbind him and i want you to know that you have ladies here that are here to pray with you and agree with you in prayer if there's something in your family or in you that you're agreeing that is set free that we're here with you as partners as friends to stand there as you come out of light out of the darkness into light into whatever the little thing is that needs to be whatever that piece of cloth is that needs to be taken off so that you're completely free we're here to stand in agreement with you that that is done that you are free and two, we're also here to stand in agreement and pray that you have the boldness and the faith to walk in the purpose that God has given you. Because I say this and I'll say it till Jesus comes back that you were created on purpose, for a purpose, to impact the kingdom. I don't say that just to say it. I say it because I believe it and I see it when I look at your beautiful faces. That you were born to be world changers. You were born to make a difference. And I want to stand here. We want to stand here with you and cheer you on. Whatever the season of life you're in, maybe it's a changing season. We're here to stand with you and encourage you and pray with you and believe with you as you go through that. Thanks for joining me on the Flourish podcast. You can find more information about Flourish Gathering at flourishgathering.co or hit us up on Instagram or Facebook. Make sure you subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts so you don't miss another episode.